Hey everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. My co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, is right here. I thought it would be mean to wake him up, but he looks like he's awake. Here he is. Isn't he cute? Yeah, we love him. Um, today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce you once more to my friend, Claire, who has been on this podcast before, and I'll post the link to her backstory you want to dig into that she's got a really beautiful story and um she's one of my sisters from the glowing goddess sisterhood which is a sisterhood of people who identify as goddesses who uh some of us heal with plant medicine not all of us so funny how there are sober sisters um it's just kind of if you vibe we have six high or six values that we center our sisterhood around it's self-love uh empathy inclusivity good fun, mindfulness, and unity. And in those values, uh, we really exist and have such a beautiful connection um, and sisterhood that really spans the globe. And I'm so excited to get to run in life with Claire. And um, before we get to Claire, I just wanna tell you how you can support this podcast. Uh, my podcast is supported because I am a Patreon supported artist. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me who make work that you value. So if you value anything that I make in the world, please consider uh, joining the Patreon. You can join at any dollar amount. Um, you could also just, you know, if you don't want to join a membership, you can just throw me some money towards a snack. There's a buy me a coffee link in the show notes, the link to the Patreons in the show notes. Uh, you could buy my aerobics video, four pack, uh, t-shirts, that kind of thing. There's lots of ways to support me. Buy me a gift for my Amazon wish list. I'm so grateful to all the besties who have sent me uh, wish list uh, things. I will also say like pointing out Biscuit Reynolds is cleaning next to me if you're watching uh, the video <laughs> form of this. Like when he's cleaning himself, he's pain managed. And the fact that he is this late in life and like he's kind of on his way out, um, but today is a good day for him. And I'm really grateful because whenever, because he has a chronic health condition anyway called hyperesthesia, which is like fibromyalgia on the skin for cats. And they actually do some funny things. <laughs> he hasn't done these things in a long, long time. But uh, when he was younger, uh, he's probably about 14. He's a rescue. I have no idea how old he is. I've had him seven years. But in our earlier days, he did. if you look up hyperesthesia and cats on YouTube, it's funny. Um, but it's because they're in pain and it feels like something is chasing them or affecting their skin. So he's never been a cat that really grooms himself unless he's very pain managed. So this is very good. Okay. I've distracted myself from talking about Patreon. So Patreon, there's tons of value there. Um, I put vulnerable stuff on the other side of that paywall. I love talking about my life and circumstances on the internet just because I, uh, early in my adulthood, I met people who were queer fat femmes and I realized, oh my God, those are things I am that I always was afraid to talk about because I thought it would make me unsafe in life and meeting people who lived out loud changed my life. And so then I just became a warrior for self-love and all the different imperfect ways I've done that, um, primarily through blogging and podcasting. Um, and now I teach aerobics, which is called Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics. It's for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. As long as you are willing to believe all bodies are good bodies, uh, you are welcome at class. And my Zoom aerobics classes are available worldwide. And everyone at any level of support on Patreon gets to come to those aerobics. Um, and then I have an on-demand tier of lots of pre-recorded videos. So you can work out lots of different times 
10 minute, 20 minute classes, chair aerobics classes, very low tempo grief stretch classes. That's what I've been doing lately. It's been really cool to expand my grief support stretch repertoire. I was thinking of ways I could help in these times specifically. And I was like, grief, <laughs> everyone is grieving. People are grieving a lot. Let's support grief. So that's what I've been focused on. Um, in that um, I also make my podcast episodes available early whenever I'm ahead of my content schedule. I put them up early on Patreon. So if you want that, please like join the Patreon. And eventually when I can afford an editor, my public episodes will be shorter and the unedited versions will be available for Patreon supporters. So I look forward to continuing to serve more people. I'm out here doing me heavily and supporting you in whatever way you can so uh, or whatever way i can uh so thank you to everyone who supports this these this podcast my work in the world my free blog queerfatfem.com which i would like to continue to remain free but it also costs a lot of money to produce um and own your own site on the internet so i spend a lot of money every year on digital real estate so please uh and thank you for supporting and thank you also to Claire. She is a supporter. She is a Patreon member and supports my aerobics and also supports me as a friend and a sister. And I love her so much. And I'm so grateful to get to share uh, her Cinquenta Nieta story and um, talks about marriage and just and body image stuff and your body changing later in life and all of that kind of, or in the lunchtime of life. I'm really trying not to use the term later in life because like, I'm going to say later in life is like your 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, and I, if I get to live that long, then this is like the same relative as like me being in my teens to now. So, and that's a distinction, like I'm a whole different person than I was in my teens. Um, but, and also Claire got to be a, a cheerleader, which I have to say, I wish that I had tried out for the cheer squads. One of my great regrets in life. Um, I was, I always wanted to be a varsity cheerleader and I never had the guts to try out because I was fat. So I was limiting myself. Then also I didn't have the money because I wasn't willing to figure it out. And I didn't have people in my life who showed me what it was like to just figure it out and make it work, you know? And so all that to say, you can be a head cheerleader later in life should you choose to just adopt it and be it and live your life um, cheering people on and lifting people up. So I hope that this episode is uh, uplifting to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your time, your treasure, and your talent are the three most important things you have. That's what the robots want. That's what the algorithms want. That's what the big corporations want. And one of the coolest parts about the way Claire planned her party is that she really supported individual businesses. She supported a family-owned restaurant. She uh, supported a, a, a one-woman-owned dress shop for her dress. So, like, a lot of that money um, that went out for that event was very intentionally put into the hands of people. And when I'm making choices with my money, I want to first put my, my money in the hands of an individual and then a family-owned business and then small business and then a privately held corporation and then publicly held corporation. And, like, local like even like petco over amazon right like so just being super intentional because petco supports the local economy by hiring local people right um anyway just the way i think and you're here to hang out with me so i'm just here to share it with you so i hope that um anyway i've said <laughs> i've introduced this show enough here it comes welcome back to the podcast claire yeah it is so good to be here, Bevan. Thank you for the invitation. Yay, I love that um, your background is the same color as my hair bow today, so we're really matching. And for those of you uh, who are not watching the video, I have a yellow hair bow and Claire has a yellow laughter flag behind her, which is a smiley face. <laughs> 
Um, and it's so funny because this is like the office you used to do laughter yoga out of back like when I first started three years ago, maybe um, is part of your laughter club. So um, I'm so excited. We always start with business in the front. So please tell me about what you offer, beloved Claire. Well, I offer once a week a laughter club for laughter yoga. We practice laughter yoga. It is on Wednesdays at 1130 Pacific. All I need is an email to Claire at laughanyway.com and you'll be added to the list that sends out the weekly link to our Zoom meeting because we are the San Jose Zoom Laughter Club that Zooms beyond San Jose. I'm laughing because we do Zoom beyond San Jose and Claire says that at the end of every Laughter Club um, and it's so good. I love Laughter Club so much being a laughter participant. We talked about this in our first episode with Claire along with the, um, her origin story. And, um, but I have found for me regularly engaging in laughter yoga, even if I come at the end of class just for the prayer for world peace, I feel like lifted. But like the laughter yoga practice has really helped me laugh through the life circumstances that are just naturally happening, like good or bad. Um, and so we're gonna start this episode with a laughter. So Claire, please. Well, I have been told and I have learned that you will never, ever run out of things to laugh about once you learn to laugh at yourself. And in laughter yoga, we have a special movement dedicated to that. And the way that goes is you take your hands, you, you point, you get your pointer fingers ready and you take your pointer fingers and you point out and then you bring them back in towards your chest and then you point at yourself and laugh. <laughs> Yay! So many things to laugh about. Oh my God, it makes me laugh so much. Um, also, if you've ever been to Claire's Laughter Yoga Club and you've ever been to the Undersea Comedy Club, uh, we did that today during Laughter Yoga. And it always, just the idea of a seahorse dad making dad jokes on stage makes me giggle. Um, all I have to do is think about the Undersea Comedy Club and it really does make me laugh. So thank you, Claire, for your gift of laughter. I feel like you have a laughter ministry um, and you're very much a very good laughter minister. And, you know, you don't have to be a person of faith to enjoy Laughter Club just got to breathe and laugh. But wow, it's really, really powerful. Um, so in this, up, oh, Claire, Claire, say something. Well, thank you. What I was going to say is, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's a laughter ministry, because many years ago, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sanjay Gupta, but he was on CNN at the time. And CNN came out to the Laguna Laughter Club at Laguna Beach, and I happened to be there, and I was interviewed by CNN, and I was asked, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this laughter yoga? And my answer to CNN was, well, I like the way it makes me feel, and somehow I feel like it's something that God wants me to do. It's a, so much to wrap your arms around this laughter yoga and just releasing positive energy and how it is truly countercultural to what we're 
what we have here in society. It's, it's, if you see somebody laughing, people will wonder why first instead of just take part in the joy. I love to be the kind of person out in the world who's just like laughing and enjoying life and like dancing and singing along to songs. Cause like sometimes the songs at the grocery store are slapping, you know, like they're really good. Um, and I just, I love that. Take part in the joy that's around you. Like I I'm also the first to sing happy birthday along with whoever's in the restaurant. Like, I'm like, who cares? I'm glad you were born. Yay. You know, like there's nothing that detracts when you add joy to something and joy is such a multiplier and like, I mean, it's science too. It's not just like the good feelings you feel, but like it's science that like good feelings multiply and um, yeah. Well, joy, it, it, it does not, you know, that if you have a candle burning and you light somebody else's candle, your light doesn't fade. Amen. And speaking of Claire being famous, I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this, but you were on a show. So I grew up in the Bay Area and I didn't know this show existed, but there is this local TV show called Dance Party. And as I think hopefully everyone who's listening to this knows, I teach an aerobics class called Fat Kid Dance Party. But Claire was a regular dancer on Dance Party and sometimes wore roller skates. Claire, will you tell us about Dance Party? Well, Dance Party, Coffee TV's Dance Party was a local TV show and they had 80s music and encouraged local people to dress up in 80s type fashion and dance to the 80s music. And I found out that they were previously to when I was on it, they had this show and it was kind of a 50s soda shop show a lot of high schoolers and high schools were represented there, but then they rebooted it and it was just pretty much everybody they locked out of, uh, you know, Soul Train and <laughs> American Bandstand. It was an interesting cross-section of people and it was a wonderful experience to be a part of. Uh, it was a choice for me to be a part of. I actually had like another job that I had to get covered to go and I decided that that was something that I was going to do for myself. I had a lot of people that were going to go but they didn't make it or they were just not ready to put themselves out there for TV. And it was amazing because, because I did go by myself. I talked to everybody being who I am and danced with everybody and made a lot of friends including my bestie who invited and put together a dance party roller skating at the Redwood Roller Rink. And she's the one that actually was, you know, doing roller skates on the air. I, I, I danced in flats, tennis shoes, and one time heels, but I was not bold enough to actually wear, wear roller skates to the dance studio, even though I was fortunate enough to go roller skating every Wednesday night at the Redwood Roller Rink or, uh, for uh, what is it, Rainbow Skate. And also out of the Redwood Roller Rink was uh, David Miles, who has started the uh, Church of Eight Wheels in San Francisco, the godfather of skating. So that's, those are the skating people. I just kind of went along and danced on my skates when I went to the roller rink, but I was not brave enough to do that on the concrete floor with cameras rolling. <laughs> 
Okay, fair enough. In my mind, you were roller skating around and like doing tricks, but you know, <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing it and prioritizing it. And like, you know, also you've done so much um, in your life, just movement wise. And um, I just love that you have some of it on tape, like so much, especially like for me, like a lot of my archives from like the late nineties through the mid aughts are just kind of lost in like digital archives that didn't get carried over well right and so it's interesting like how you can like go back on youtube and find some dance parties with claire in them. that's great i'm a child of the 70s so it was polaroids and uh instamatics and you know high video and then you know people got really fancy and had their big you know video cassette recorders and now everybody's got that in their phone and we can put it on YouTube. So that, that's great. Yeah, that we can have a little bit. I'm fortunate that uh, other people have the energy to record and put these things up on YouTube because I cannot take the credit for that. I was just out there dancing. <laughs> and you know what? What a gift it was and still is that you're out there dancing. Okay, so this episode, I wanted to talk about your cinquentineta, which is uh, the big party that you threw for your 50th birthday. And we had been talking about this and conceiving of this, like your conception of this was three, maybe three years before. Um, so first, let's talk about like, how did you come up with the idea to do a cinquentineta for your 50th birthday? Well, truly, it was making lemonades out of lemons. I... Um, my godmother was uh, diagnosed with cancer, like the Christmas of like December 2019. And they said that she would have four months to live. And it was, they were having, well, she went to chemo and the chemo went bad. And instead of having four months to live, she ended up having four weeks to live. I had booked a laughter gig for cancer survivors. And I was called by my godmother's daughter saying, get down here, Claire. We're having a mass. We're doing this. I need you by my side. And I already took the money from the cancer survivors. And so I thought, I told her, I said, I, I will be there, but not early in the day, late in the day. And I laughed with the cancer survivors with the, my suitcase in the trunk before I drove from the Bay Area down I-5 to be with the cancer non-survivor. And my godmother was incredible. She was very generous to many people. She was a godmother to many people. I just happened to be the first and sometimes choose not to look beyond, but there were others. <laughs> and uh, she just gave of her heart and not everybody really appreciated that. They took, a, took it for granted. They were still calling her, asking for things while she was very, very sick. And I'm fortunate to have the foresight or be the person that I am, that I've been very thankful to her. I've been, that's why I got a call. And 
and, and the hospital was password protected. Not everybody could go up to the hospital, but I was called. And I'm driving to this terrible situation where I have to be the strong one and I'm losing probably, you know, one of the most important people in my life. And it's rainy and it's terrible. And I was just thinking of all the things and I thought, well, what if I was a brat? <laughs> what if I was not somebody who appreciated what was going on at this situation? And what if I went into her hospital room and I just shook her and I just said, Nina, 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 get up. You can't die. Nina, get up because you need to be my madrina at my cincuentanera. I was 47 at the time. And, you know, I, I just thought of it. And, and in my all of my sadness and all of my grief, it made me laugh because it was ridiculous because that's not the person that I am and that I was doing. And so it just made me laugh and it helped me get through this horrific situation of loss. And there were so many scenes of loss and, you know, it's been, you know, four years since she's, little over four years since she's passed. And after she passed and after I drove her daughter home from the hospital and we were all sitting out on the patio, I was sitting between two women, one being her oldest daughter that just turned 50 and another lady who, it's the only quinceanera I've ever been to. And I told them my story and I said, I'm thinking of having this party. And they said, you should. And her oldest daughter said, I'd be your madrina, you bet. And so I decided to have this party. It was very challenging. I ruminated on it. I didn't want to have any type of cultural appropriation. And I thought, no, this is my culture. This is me. And, um, so that, that's how it started. And that was my decision to have this party for me. <laughs> okay, so I love that origin story because it's really, it is making lemons out of lemonade because life is going to life at us no matter what. And, you know, you lost like, I think 12 people in 12 months in 2020, I think you told me. And like, what a challenge. And... Well, it was. I mean, I think about it and I think January 2020, I lost my Nina. February, my father-in-law passed. March, oh, pandemic, I lost my job of 20 years because they closed it down. You know, oh, April, beginning of April, my godfather passed. Now we're in April. Just, you know, I'll stop there. Like, that's that was my year, you know? It was... It was devastating. I lost my mobility. I, you know, lots of things happened that year. And what's interesting too is like you did lose your mobility. Like you developed um, an autoimmune disease uh, over that time. And it's interesting because like I think you said like it was before pandemic where you like broke your ankle at a family party. You were just like walking out of your house and like poof, you like broke your ankle. So you had already had this long compulsory period of rest. And then like the pandemic hit, so like also you're not being able to go back to work as an aerobics instructor and fitness movement person. And like, it's interesting because that then your focus became laughter yoga on Zoom. 
um, that once a week practice, but then also just a whole new way of inhabiting your body. So I'm just curious if you'd be willing to reflect on just like lessons you've learned about your body, just changing what it was able to enable you to do. Yes. Well, August, 2019, I started what I like to call my in journey instead of an injury it was a journey and an injury and it was my the beginning of my in journey and i and also i injured my knee so i had my in journey and i went because i went from teaching you know like at least 15 fitness classes i was teaching spin classes i was teaching water fitness classes laughter yoga you know however i could hustle and i was doing all of these things and going very fast and it was a party for school was starting so all the the kids and the parents and were at my house and I just walked right out my door and said hey everybody and I was on the ground and that was the start of my in journey <laughs> and by the time I, I yes so that that was interesting having to rest and speaking of my godmother which we were uh, she called me and she said that she talked with my mother and she about it and she says good Claire will have to rest now that was their thought and so it was it was a warm-up for a pandemic because I was inside I had to 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 actually count on other people I I yeah I learned so many lessons in there because I was slowing down I learned how much my family loved me because they were they were caring for me before I could I was caring for them and I was going fast and I could do it faster and you know better and so I was the one doing it and when I had to allow them to do that they did it and they were fine and it was beautiful not the way I would do it but still and that was amazing and then it was I was you know trying to return to work and everybody started dying. My godmother got sick, everybody. So I kept trying to get back to work, trying to get back to work um, and that wasn't working. And then by the time, you know, pandemic, <laughs> a few people died and pandemic and the shutdown of fitness facilities in California, I was, I was done. And yeah, so that was, that was the way it went. And then I, started thinking, you know, because I was not teaching these classes, my lack of mobility was the reason why I was hurting or, you know, my back was sore when I got up or the different things, you know, aches and pains, I attributed it to that. And then it took me 15 minutes to get off the couch one day. And I, then I thought I need to call some professionals in got a hold of a lovely professional that gave me a full screen, said that the doctor, she said, you may not find that there's anything wrong with you, but then you'll find out that there are things that are right after we do all of these tests on you. And I watched them come in and everything what I found out there was a lot right with me, but my rheumatoid factor was off the charts. And so I started another journey and uh, that was interesting because I had to take medication that put a lot of weight, put over 100 pounds on me. And I thought, you know, I've taught fitness classes for over 20 years. And if I knew that I would end up over 300 pounds and immobile and 
you know, I would have ate more McDonald's or seized candy or, you know, like not work so hard if I would have known I'd end up in this spot. And so that was interesting. And going through the various medications on top of the medication that was supposedly bad for me, but only worked. And then I found something that's working fairly well now. And I'm, you know, freed myself from that medication and I'm moving through and, I, and my body is changing again. And I have acne at age 50, which I never really had acne on my cheeks before, but it's, it's a whole different change. So lots of body changes uh, along with what's going on. You know, yeah, life continues to surprise. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I, that just made me laugh so much about the McDonald's and the Seas candy. Cause you know, like, it's interesting too. Something I have found as like a fat woman who found self-confidence in a fat body, um, like a hundred pounds heavier than I am now, like 20 years ago. I, it's interesting, like how just over time, your body's just going to change, whether you're comfortable with that change or not. And I was thinking about, um, and it's funny because like I've noticed with other people, like thin women specifically, who have like really starved themselves and taken great pains to uh, conform to body standards that they believed uh, would keep them safe and help them maintain privilege. And it's really um, hard for some people, specifically women actually, to, to not be threatened by me because I'm just self-confident. And so I choose not to buy into these made up beauty standards and just live my life and have a good time. And that's like, it, it's available for you too. Just like joy is available for everyone in an infinite amount. Like, so is body confidence, just exactly where you are, no matter what, like there's nothing you need to do to make yourself okay. And like, it's really sad. Cause like the reason why these beauty standards and body standards exist is because afraid people are easy to control. And when you're afraid of your own body and the betrayal of your body, like as this unruly thing, like that keeps you able to be controlled so you don't topple the patriarchy. And like, it's it's one of those things that is just so interesting to witness with other people. And like the more I move into compassion instead of judgment, like, I mean, I used to be a bitchy riots, not diets, fat girl, like eat a sandwich. But like, now I'm just compassionate because I get it. Like we're all playing a losing game unless we choose not to play the game at all. And um, I I love the the piece that I've gotten to witness you have in like your body, wherever it's been at, you know, even teaching laughter yoga, like in a nightgown on a flare day, you're still like, you know, doing the self flare stuff and like, you know, but like recognizing, okay, it's like this half hour a week versus 20 aerobics classes in a week is like an amazing amount of movement, like, not that's not possible for me <laughs> and i'm very impressed at what claire from the past was able to do and i hope that you eat whatever delights you now oh 100 percent. it's been quite a journey you know i think about uh, i'm a bigger person like i'm tall and i'm broad-shouldered and I was the bottom of the pyramid. I was in cheerleading and I was the big cheerleader and I was the bottom of the pyramid. And I didn't necessarily like that until one day I realized it's because how strong I was. And so I changed the narrative that I, the way I talked to myself. And then, you know, 
I was in the corporate world and I discovered water fitness and I was doing that and, and I got hooked into teaching and because I had so much passion for that and I was still like on the larger sizes, you know, like definitely, you know, larger, larger body. And then I was in the fitness world and I kept branching out into the fitness world, getting yoga certifications, getting spin certifications, and I was still on the larger side and the, the way that things were at that point. And then I decided, well, well, I, I had a confrontation with a manager and I had, and I found myself pointing. And I know that when you point, you're pointing at the person because there's a reason uh, you're pointing three fingers back at yourself, okay? And then one's up towards the sky because you need some, possibly some divine guidance. And what I was doing is I was shaking that finger in his face and I was saying, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I do in this fitness world and who I know in the fitness world and, you know, what, you know, like I, all of this stuff, you don't know. And I remember, you know, thinking, well, if he doesn't know, and he's my manager, who else doesn't know? And then I started that journey of getting up at four in the morning and running miles and starving myself. And I went from like a, probably a double XL XL to a medium size. And I, it was amazing. I had this body and clothes looked great. It was like having a sexy new sports car. But it was interesting because I had two little kids in a marriage and things, and and it's not easy in a marriage. And I remember people in my classes saying, boy, your husband must really love you now. And also, like, I was a better instructor, even though I was doing the exact same format. And the other thing that happened when I was looking fabulous was men that I felt safe around started acting squirrely. I thought we had platonic relationships but oh no, so there's, there's a lack of safety, which is interesting that you have to ride that, that line. Our, our society has many complications and weird expectations all around. But that was my journey with my body size in the fitness industry and my experience. Wow, that's bonkers and gross. Um, and <laughs> wow, um, disappointing, but character revealing nonetheless. Um, just like, you know, there's lots of things that are just character revealing and, um, wow. Um, uh, okay. So let's talk about, um, the cinquentineta and like, um, what, you know, you brewed it for so long. Like, um, uh, what was fun for you about the party planning process? And then what was maybe not fun for you or like advice you would give to someone who's like planning a big celebration like a couple years out well a couple years is a long time and it's a short time bottom line and the fun part was talking to everybody about it and seeing how people were excited and the challenging part was it was going to be a Claire forward party. And I had to accept that. And also um, just 
basically try to live up to the hype. <laughs> because if you talk about something and you're hyping something, it's like, oh, we've all been to experiences where, oh, this is going to be great. And it totally ends up not being that experience or people promise you this is what's going to happen. And that's not your experience. So my most challenging part was accepting that it was clear forward and I put my face on all the on these favors and I was going to be the center of attention in a dress and it was fun being dressing up but at the same time it and it it, it was it was a challenge for me because you all eyes you know <laughs> situations okay clear forward um, so it was hard for you to receive the attention because like it is kind of a thing if you're not used to being, I mean, receiving energy is a big part of asking for help. You have to actually be open to receiving and throwing a big party for yourself is being very open to receiving. Um, you, I remember you going to talk to the Catholic church about wanting to do a ceremony because it wasn't just the party. It was also like, I want the whole ceremony. Um, so tell me about like the process of like how you, how the church interacted with you wanting to do this and like what you asked for in case someone out there is Catholic and wants to do the Catholic thing with this. Um, like going to the Catholic church, I had a lot of trepidation. I was concerned what, what's going to happen. And uh, when I did take the time to go into the church office and tell the lady what I wanted, she was excited. She thought that that was the greatest thing. And, you know, she had to check with the priest and the priest was cool about it at the time. And so they're like, great, put down your deposit. <laughs> so like, that was the deal. And then later on, I, I, it was interesting because I think it's more of a, a cultural or an office thing because I didn't have any resistance necessarily from the priests, but there are office people that are used to cranking 15 year old girls through in a process. And I was a 50 year old woman to be, to be. And so I found that challenging. And also the fact that the office is pretty much volunteer so you don't have a lot of structure and there's not a sense of urgency as you know as possible so i was concerned because it was challenging last minute and then i was able to have a uh, meeting with the priest because i wanted to do that and and what is really funny this is the way like a catholic I, I, th I feel it's very Catholic cultural and so culturally and this wo the woman in the office I, I'm saying I don't know I need to talk to the priest can I set up a meeting with the priest she said look the priest saying mass tomorrow at this time go to mass and talk to him afterwards and you'll be able to make him you know a meeting with him which is very very Catholic to stalk the priest after church and ask things it's just, a, it's a Catholic cultural thing, which I, I find humorous. <laughs> so that's what I did is I, I went to the mass. I think it was Thanksgiving morning, you know, and I uh, talked to the priest and he put me on there 
and we had a meeting and I went up to his office and we went through all of the all of the mass because I my, one of my main concerns was like I'm a 50 year old woman not a 15 year old virgin old figure with me I have my parents will be there but it's a little bit different and how much is it going to pertain to me and what the priest explained to me was well the quinceanera mass is not the quinceanera mass but it's a mass for thanksgiving for life and I feel that, you know, do you feel that's appropriate, Claire? And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. And we went through all of the things and they still, a lot, like 99% was still appropriate. And uh, it, I think it was a part of like listening to your parents or something like that, <laughs> you know, which I respect my parents, but it, it's a little, uh, I guess, uh, patronizing to uh you know for a 50 year old to say that so that was the meeting with the priest and um although it was a little out of the culture I think that it was met more with fascination than um than with um disinterest well not, I guess not disinterest but with disdain probably it was more you know it, people were definitely interested and just curious about it and what, what are you doing and why are you doing this? Because when I did request the meeting with the priest, that was one of the things that he said to me. He says, yes, and it would be nice to know why are you doing this? And there is a lot of answers to that question. A lot of answers to that question. Give us some more answers. I know part of the why was just making lemons out of lemonade, but like also tell me more, like what were the reasons why you decided to have this ritual for your special day? Well, it was lemons out of lemonade. It was an honor and an homage to my my godmother, to my Nina, 100%. And, and also a way of helping to, to soothe the grief to just kind of take, you know, do that. The other thing was, is it's like for me to do the labor and work for me, because for me to prove to myself that I'm worth it. And that was another thing that the priest said. No, the priest didn't say this to me. Another lady that I call my loco godmother at the church said to me, now, Claire, after you have this party, will you realize that people care about you? that people love you, that you're special in this world, because that was another thing. I, I, I had to have a big shining banner for, to show to the naysayers in my mind that, you know, you're worth it. You, you know, people showed up for this, you know, all of these things you may question, but, you know, with this big banner, is there any question? Here is your proof. Part of the, the ceremony of a quinceanera and in my ceremony was an homage to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And that is a banner of proof as well, if you look up the story. I love, um, I had you tell me the story the other day. Um, I love the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, miracles are just unfolding everywhere. And I think when you take the risk 
to love and be loved, whether that be platonic, whether that be in a group or one-on-one, like there's always fruit from that. Um, even if it feels ouchy in the first place, like I saw a thing just today that was like, you know, even if our relationship doesn't end well, I'm going to be grateful for having loved you. And like, I think that's just such a beautiful way to exist in the present moment. Cause like, you know, everyone's in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And we're really trained to care more about the naysayers than the people who are cheering us on. And I think that's the wrong way to do it. And um, I'm grateful that you decided to do this for you. Um, also part of your ceremony, you had your parents come up and give you shoes. Tell that part. Well, we did this at the reception. And this is in, in the quinceanera tradition, one of the traditions, it's it, because it's a uh, coming out party of sorts. It's a, uh, like now the girl, it, it represents the transition from being a girl to becoming a woman. And a lot of times it's the first time the girl wears makeup and the parents at a cinquentanera or a quinceanera, at a quinceanera, or a quince as it's called, the parents present the daughter with her first pair of high heel shoes. At the restaurant, my parents presented me with a pair of flats. <laughs> so I went from a pair of high heels to a pair of flats that were presented with me, presented to me by my parents. What I found funny is it was in a box and I gave my parents the box and I would assume like with the box, they would come up with the box and they would open it. I did not give them specific instructions and they would take the shoes out and they would put them on my foot. But they opened the box at their table and they each had a shoe in their hand. And I'll, I, I have this image of my father shaking the shoe as he's walking and all I could think of is Champa, because it's kind of a thing where, like, you're like as a in 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 the Latin culture, there's a thing where the mother will remove her shoe and throw it at a parent at a child who is not minding, and it's they're called the Champa. And so, like, as my father is coming in the shoe, all I can think of is Champa. I almost wanted to dodge it. I was able to kind of sit and 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 go, hey, you know, I didn't give them specific instructions. They can give me the shoes however they want, even if he's coming at me waving it. <laughs> and it was lovely because they they presented me with a pair of shoes. They said beautiful things like my father kept it short and sweet and said look what i made and then they danced to sabor a mi which is the taste of me or you know it's a song that they love and they they just looked beautifully so beautiful i watched them for a while i had to join them and that was pretty much the programming for the reception other than enjoying drinks and food and 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 conversation and dancing everybody else dancing big conga line happened <laughs> i i was on discord for the party part of the reception uh some of our goddess friends uh from the goddess sisterhood which is where we know each other from uh 
went on Discord so I could join the party from the forest. Sadly, I wasn't there in person, but I was there fully in spirit. And so I was in your conga line from the forest, just dancing down the path. And then we were doing YMCA for a while. I was doing that in the forest along with everybody. It was very fun. And I always like to say dancing. when I Whenever I do a wedding ceremony as an officiant, um, I always talk about how dancing is a form of uh, taking a ritual and like amplifying it and like can like it's how you convene the ritual and that's why we dance after something like that happens so I loved that you did that actually I also loved your intention around how you did the reception which I think is helpful for people who want to throw a big party but maybe don't know how to throw a big party or haven't done something like this but you like basically got uh, bought out a restaurant um, for your party right and like instead of doing like catered so you said this you said i didn't want to go home with like a big thing of uneaten beans and rice and so like you just like basically like set up a tab and then everyone just ordered and then and people were raving about the food so tell me a little bit about that well it's one of these things that it's like step by step and having faith and just figuring out what's happening Originally, you know, I thought about, oh, wouldn't it be great to have my reception at the Hotel St. Clair? Hey, not bad. Still pretty close. Everything was great. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what that's going to be. And it's like, that was not going to work out. They wanted, you know, a minimum of like, let's, I'll just put it out there, 15 grand. And it was like, and you can eat our food from El Fanayo. And you'll have this, and you'll have to do it during these particular hours because this is our busiest season. And yeah, I don't even think we want your business. So that was the deal there, you know, like even if you could come up with this budget, right? Like, so that was disappointing. Uh, so, I, but it was not meant to be. And then there was the hotel that we were all going to be staying at. You, you just research for places. I was like, and they wanted a similar amount and it was for a ballroom and then there were uh, charges for everything else so it was like if you wanted a taco setup seventy dollars seventy dollars a person if you brought in your own catering seventy dollars a person but they have access to their facilities and you know however and i was just thinking I don't want any Paris Hilton tacos. Thank you very much. And so then I just kept looking around. I, I'm fortunate that this is downtown San Jose. There's, I'm spoiled for choice places to eat. So just started looking around, looking. There's a lovely restaurant that's behind the church. We had our little rehearsal dinner there. So that, you know, looking around. And lo and behold, probably about, nine months, nine months maybe before uh, my party, there was a nightclub that opened a block away from the restaurant, uh, from the church, the restaurant was there. And they, they're only open certain hours. And I, I asked them if they were, they, they were doing lovely Instagram videos. And so I asked them, are you open to doing this? They said, yes. They were really great about doing this and they only wanted a minimum of like a third of what they wanted. And, and they were very flexible. And I said, 
you know, they had plans, they could put out a buffet or you could do this or work within something. And I, I wanted to, people to just come in and experience this. So the manager was very kind to say, yeah, we'll just open a short shift and people can come in and I'll just give you one bill. And that's what we did. It, it was working with the owners. It was me going and checking it out first. Oh, can my vegans be happy? Oh, there's great guacamole. Oh yeah, that'll work. Okay, then, you know, I'm going to go for the veggie quesadilla next week, you know, going in for brunch because I'm not going, you know, five to one in the morning. I'm going, I'm going on Sunday after church. So that's what I'm doing. And you know, try out that and then try out the next thing and try out the cocktails and see what it's like because make sure there's a nice drink. You know, my mom will want a gin drink. Okay, they got that too. All right, moving on and and just working. Hey, manager, do you think you'll do it? Hey, you know, and it worked out. Even though I was, I had to have a lot of faith in people because the other thing I learned about this was I've been planning this for years and I've been looking for people for years and months, but nobody started looking for me until a week before. <laughs> That's when they wanted to do it. <laughs> a lot of patience and going with the flow and surrender when you're planning events and just like kind of letting things come together as they are and, um, and releasing control too. Like I think sometimes um, like codependency is a lot about control and like, uh, it's kind of like what you were saying about like needing to rely on your family, uh, in your, during your health challenges, like just like recognizing, okay, it's not the way I would want it to do. It's not my original vision, but it's what can happen. And it's, it's fine. You know, like Robert Corcoran has this great quote about like, if you can get people to do 80% of what you would have done, that is plenty. <laughs> You're fine. Like. So I love that. And I, and I have heard nothing but raves about like the food. And so, and it's like a great place to have a party and you've got a throne together for it. Um, and I would love to like, just go through some of the picture highlights for those of you on video and we'll try to narrate them. Um, and let's see, do you want to talk while I'm pulling up these pictures? Sure. I'll start with the throne. The throne was like an additional thing. It was like, you know, crazy, like I just, it was extra money to rent. So like I did that for me cause I wanted to have pictures with people. There's all of the, oh yes. Well, by the way, these pictures are, are courtesy of Stephen Cotton Photography. Excellent photographer. It's just, uh, you know, if you're in the Bay area, hire him, he's, he's great. He had a good time. And what's great is he owns all the pictures but I, you know, as long as you give them credit, you can just have them all and download them all. And it was a reasonable price. It was, it makes sense. He's not trying to sell me printed packages or things like that. He just came at the day of the event and just took some lovely pictures. So I didn't have to have count on everybody with their cell phone taking a picture. And they're really fantastic pictures. I'm still waiting for them to load, but uh, I want to get to the throne, but I just thought, I think as an event producer, have it paying for good photography, like as someone who is like now kind of not like producing a lot of events right now, I'm so grateful I have my memories and I have the beautiful, um, just the beautiful pictures to, 
to look at. Okay, we're, it's going to take forever to get to the throne. So let's just, here's a little ceremony picture. Um, just part of what uh, you did in the, which was a beautiful church too. I will say Catholics do have good churches. And this is Mr. Clare, right? Yes, that's Mr. Clare. That's my husband will be married 25 years uh, this September. And this is, this church is actually my, my parish church. This is my, my Sunday. This is, you know, this is my, this is where I go. And it was just lovely to have people that I love and that love me in this space and to take place in this space. Because it is beautiful, but the, I always find the most beautiful thing is the people. The thing I miss most about LA is the people and the food. So like, as long as there's good people around and good food, that makes me really happy. But it is a really beautiful church. Um, and you did communion. I love it. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, I want to get, I'm going to search for a good picture of the dress because I want you to tell us about picking out the dress. Well, let me tell you my dress. I have to, I have to give credit to my bestie, Zobie, who said, go here. And I was able to support a local woman-owned business that was just around the corner from my house. And I had my cousin Mary in town and we went together and I walked in the door and I said, I like that dress. And then we went through the whole shop and looked at every dress and I went back, I pulled something off the rack and it was the same dress that was on the mannequin that said, I like that dress. And I uh, went to this lady. She said, I'll have it in about a week. I had all kinds of anxiety about it's going to take six months after watching Say Yes to the Dress videos and things, you know, worried about that. No. Alterations came with the dress. And it was beautiful. And it's the most expensive dress I've ever bought because I wore my mother's wedding dress. So it was, it was a big deal to, like, reach into the wallet and say, yes, I'm worth buying a one dress for this one day, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And it was beautiful. And the other thing that was interesting was my brother-in-law and you know, his cousin, they're saying, I swear she's got like LED lights up in that B-I-T-C-H. She's like, she's like flashing because it was very sparkly. It was beautifully blingy gold. It had, you know, a cape with it. It was just, it was, it was perfect. It was I, I was very pleased with my dress. I, I had going into this, I, my, I had a dear friend who does professional makeup and hair for movies, television, and all of that. And she, as a gift, she says, as, as your gift, I'm going to, you know, do your hair and makeup. And I had this dress. So I thought, you know, the least of my worries is looking fabulous on this day which was an interesting place to come from. You know, I just knew, oh, well, I know I'm going to look great. Like I, it's like, the, and, and it was already out of my control. It was done. You know, that was great. And it was just, just beautiful. My, my, um, my brother, John said to me, he says, Claire, I'm mad at you because you made me cry three times because you were so beautiful. <laughs> I love Brother John. <laughs> also, you talked about the bodice being super comfortable, like that it was built in, like 
built-in support. So like, I want to just remind people like you can be comfortable and fabulous at the same time. And you will definitely not have worn it only once, Claire, because I have already vowed to create and conjure an event where you can wear this dress again, just so I can be around this dress. Oh, thank you. And uh, that, that, that's an interesting story because I called my cousin Sarah in because Mary and Sarah are my cousins, but probably the closest I have to sisters. I have all brothers and, you know, and our mothers are sisters. And I called Sarah in and I said, Sarah, I, I, I need help. I'm having a bra emergency. I just, uh, things aren't fitting. I don't know what to do. I just need your help. I, you know, I, I want to pick up this dress, but I, I don't feel like I have any local female support. Like I, I could call probably one of my kids, friends, moms, but I don't really feel like doing that. I, I would really love. And she drove up from Paso Robles to San Jose uh, to, to help me with this. And she came, you know, bearing all kinds of, you know, undergarments and things and helped me out and came with me to the shop. And uh, she helped me out. We found out we, I didn't need a bra. Like the bra made it worse. And the ladies at the shop, they, they sewed those straps on my dress. And uh, I didn't realize how well endowed I was until I got these pictures. And I thought, whoa, look at you in church, showing the girls. <laughs> this is lovely. You're showing the procession, which was great. We had confetti cannons and people were just, you know, it was beautiful. The air was full of, you know, gold and stars and streamers and butterflies and it was great, you know, and, and, and there's pictures. This is what I wanted. I, this is why I hired the professional photographer because I wanted someone to take a picture with me and my throne, you know, with my friends. And then I thought, I don't want to saddle anybody with that labor on that day. And the pictures aren't going to turn out that well. I need to hire an event photographer. So that was the, uh, the reason. I love this, all, all of my beautiful friends and family that came. That's my, my son's godparents. Yeah, oh, this is one of my favorite pictures. This is the, from the Glowing Goddess Sisterhood. We had a good time. <laughs> oh, there's me and my mama. Mama Claire. Oh, I don't know that I ever realized this was her. This is, she's wearing, you had such a good, just in, you know, one of my favorite things about me is that I don't have to have been to a thing to feel like I was at the thing. If I look at the pictures enough and hear enough people's stories, it's as though I was there. And so like, I've dug around and like seen this and I just love all the outfits because there's a lot of permission giving that you had around um, how people could show up. Right. I, I decided to tell people, you know, show up in what you feel most comfortable in. I said, I know I'm wearing a big gold dress. <laughs> I said, but you can wear whatever you want. Isn't that beautiful? That's Katerina. That's, that's right behind the bar. At the, and that was the lovely thing and, and the choice. I thought, this is already decorated. And then my friend Frank did the, the, the flowers and my friend Zoe helped with decorating as well as Manda who did the cupcakes it, it was lovely 
It seems like the restaurant was like is very goddessy. Like even that um, Katerina almost is giving you Verhand de Guadalupe vibes. You know. Yeah, the business student in me says this restaurant, this nightclub caters to the early thirties Latina professional. <laughs> And it, it is, it's very empowering. There's an Aztec like warrior goddess on the wall, but then they also have, you know, that you can see the luchador mask and they have like a luchador like to my left in that picture. Can't see very well, but they, they have a lot of really cool murals and, and things. So it's, yeah, I was glad that it was decorated and it was a lot of fun. El Cabron, downtown San Jose. <laughs> here's your throne um i love this i love good furniture rentals for an event i think it just goes um curating a space and how people are going to hang out like it's a big deal and it makes the pictures look better which again i'm a big fan of pictures It was also, I think, a mobility consideration too. Like, I think for folks out there who have chronic illness who still want to celebrate themselves, like, wear flat. You get some fancy furniture where you can sit around and still look cute. You know, like, things don't. I find there's a lot of standing at events if event planners aren't thinking through people's need for seating. I went to a wedding where the groom was seated throughout because it was a consideration. And actually there was a seat for the, the bride and the groom. So they were on, they could look each other in the eye, and be seated. I'm trying to get to some of these dancing pictures because there's some real cute ones too. There's like 777 pictures in the Claire Sequenza in your album. My event photographer, I can't say enough about how wonderful he was. When I look at these pictures, I'm reminded he, it was it was wonderful because it was a last minute thing. I contacted him maybe in within the last two weeks, definitely within the last month, and he had an opening on his calendar. It was it was wonderful, and uh, I I'm so thankful for these pictures, and I'm amazed at how many. Oh, there's the Sullingers. They're wonderful artists from Laguna Beach. I met them, them through the Laguna Laughter Club. Yeah. Is there anything that- That's, that's Jeffrey Breyer. He's the founder of the Laguna Laughter Club and my laughter yoga teacher. He's oh. the one who taught me laughter yoga and continues to, uh, you know, be, I wouldn't say an active mentor, but he's definitely there at, I would say like kind of an ongoing, you know, um, intermittent mentor in my laughter yoga. It's really beautiful how there are a lot of people that kind of come in and out of, oh, there's Lauren, um, who like kind of come in and out of our lives and help us like you know, along the way. And yeah, there is a distinction between like someone who's like available for a phone call right now, you know, versus someone who like you can ask questions of every couple of years, you know, but. Um, Here's my crown and the confetti was stars. And I was looking at this picture today, actually, because I was going to reflect because we were doing this podcast and I thought, 
Look at you, you had a crown of stars. You did have mm. a And a cute, it, it, I mean, I love the tiara. Did you get it from uh, the local dress shop? Or did you get it from eBay? I, I actually got it from a website called Be Elemental. And I chose actually not a tiara because it's not a tiara, it's a crown. And I specifically chose a crown because I was turning 50 and I thought, you know, I don't, I've worn tiaras throughout my roller skating and dance party times. And I thought I am wearing specifically a crown. <laughs> so I, it's a crown. I got it from the elemental. It was less than $50. It wasn't, you know, a huge expense and it looked like a million bucks. It really did. I feel like, um, see, look at this food. Dang. Um, yes. Oh, by the way, Bevan, when you, if you do know the, the way to San Jose, I know. standing invitation, we'll, we'll go to brunch. Oh, we're going to take it. We're going to yeah. take it. I mean, I can't wait to eat. And I also have now, I mean, it was, Claire, it was so on my heart to go to your party. You know uh, how much I wanted to. And I still like also in my bucket list is now to go to downtown San Jose for Christmas time because I got a little bit of a tour of what you were talking about, about how cute it is down there. But you know me, I love holiday lights. So I can't wait to just like do it up San Jose style. San Jose is really beautiful. And that what they do is downtown is they do what's called Christmas in the park. And they have hundreds of Christmas trees in Plaza Cesar Chavez. And it's by all of these organizations. You've got everything from Miss Nancy's kindergarten class to the Red Hat Society to the Satanists have a tree. The, the Satanic Society has a, has a tree to, you know, the Student Union of San Jose State. It's all of these different organizations that, that decorate a tree. There's some animatronic things and other performances that go on in the park. There was an ice, you know, the, the ice skating rink. And, and also, Bevan, I really believe that you were there. I saw you there on the phone. And, and, and previously, I have to say, thank you for blessing my party by dancing in the forest. You made my party, as I say with my laughter club, zoom beyond San Jose. You extended the range of my party. So thank you very much for that. We were also in Texas too. There were some Texas goddesses that joined us um, during the party. Oh, here's your parents giving you yep. your shoes. That's right. See, look, doesn't my dad look like he's going to hit me with it? Just saying. He wouldn't, but it looks like it. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Claire has gentle pot smoking parents. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Having gentle parents is really a form of privilege and you have some good ones. I, I, I looked out. I mean, you know, I'm not without my childhood traumas, but I do, you know, my parents really did their best to put us on the forward, <laughs> you know, put have a child-centered house. And I was very much considered as a person, you know, when I was a child. Oh, there they are. Aww. This is a really sweet, this is a framer. Like your parents dancing with you in your gorgeous dress, like looking at it. I love it. Oh. This is very sweet. Um, also, something I want to mention for the podcast is that you met Mr. Claire at Blockbuster Video. Yes, I did. And I thought it was really weird. And he thought I was stuck up. That's, how, that's our origin story. But, but the, the more romantic flowery thing is, is 
we were born at the same hospital and he grew up in my grandparents' neighborhood. That's, and then it took us till college age to meet. Wow. That's interesting that you're born at the same yeah, There he is. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I like that he wore a bow tie. Does he wear a bow tie that you tie, that he has to tie the regular way or does he have clip on bow tie? He has both, but he knows how to, how to tie a bow tie. And that was a tied bow tie. And I just love that because, you know, little, little trivial fact about Claire is Claire had a uh, crush back in the eighties on George F. Will commentator, conservative commentator. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel the same way at this point in my life. Uh, I feel that he's become a little embittered. And so you know, my, my, my torch for him has faded, but he definitely sparked my love of bow ties. And my husband knew that. And I was thinking again today, I, I looked at the pictures and, and my husband and two sons wore bow ties and I did not request that. They did that on their own. And I was just feeling the extra love when realizing that today. And, and when looking through the pictures, uh, yeah, it's been less than two months, but you forget a lot. And, you know, when we start going back to the negative <laughs> tracks in our minds that people don't care or, you know, all of the different things. And I was remembering, you know, that's, those are just negative tracks and lies when I was looking at these pictures, because as they say, you know, like, they don't lie. It's... Look at that. And you know, I love that your husband, I always say, um, come correct and learn how to tie a bow tie. Um, but you know, any tie will do. Uh, but I like that they all wore bow ties for you and that you didn't ask them, which is very kind to just say, just, I just want you to be there. And it's just important to me that you're there. Yeah, another interesting side note is my, my husband, he's a Freemason and he's into it. Like he's, he's, he's pretty much into it. And the, um, Grand Lodge of California, the current Grand Master, he, as his gifts, when he's going out this year, he's giving, as his gifts, a bow tie to certain people as he makes his visit to very special people. It's a very limited gift. It's, they, they give out a pin as a gift to people in general, but this bow tie is a special gift from, you know, the, the, Grandmaster of the Freemasons of California. And in the box, he has a QR code that is a link to a video of him demonstrating how to tie a bow tie. Adorable. Great man. Lovely wife. You know, privileged to have been, you know, in their presence. I love that. That's actually a really beautiful way to also just preserve forever like here I'm going to teach you how to tie a bow tie that's really sweet I mean you could just get it from a random on YouTube but like you know a friend is nice I like the pomp and circumstance of the Freemasons and I like that your husband's really into it it's fun and it's a joke you know because he's like very into the Masons and you know I'm kind of into doing my thing on the Catholic side so then you got two people in a relationship uh, supporting what's important to each other. And like, you know, whether 
I mean, you, I mean, you totally support your husband at Freemason events. I know because I've seen you there, <laughs> not in person, but on Discord. <laughs> and um, but also like he supports you and like goes to your cinquentenera and all of that kind of stuff. So it's nice. That's the point. He's the family that I chose, and that's that's the point, just to have each other's backs. You know, I told him, you know, in certain times when he was a little concerned about how I feel about him or how our marriage was, as I said, you know, take your time and ask around, take a poll, think about it really hard. If there's anybody in this entire world that has your back more than I do, just think about it. And, you know, actually we've gotten along a lot better ever since I <laughs> told him that. So, because uh, I think he, you know, it made him realize some things. You know, like who's who's on your team and who's not on your team. <laughs> There's a good song. Um, speaking of church, from my, my Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, he has a song that's "Who Loves You, Baby? Who's Got Your Back? Who Loves You? Who Loves You? Who Loves You?" It's about God, but like you know, it is a good reminder that like being in a marriage is being on a team. And I asked you your marriage advice in my last episode with you, but I am so curious if you have more different marriage advice. Well, backing up, Stephen Beckwith, he's he's with Agape, right, down in LA. And I have to I have to um, mention that uh, an, a lady that sings with him, her name is Dorothy Pincus, and also her daughters sing. She's also a certified laughter yoga leader. And I know her through the laughter yoga world. And so I just had to mention that if you're familiar. And a shout out to Dorothy because she's an awesome human being. I, you know, I'm really thankful for her being in this world. And uh, what was the second question? Because I was just thinking of Dorothy and how she had awesome purple hair and how she makes me laugh. But <laughs> shout out that Agape has a laughter yoga class on Mondays, and they always announce it at services with ha ha namaste. Um, and uh, the other question was marriage advice. Do you have any other marriage advice to offer? This is your, um, we're finally at the pictures of the conga line. There's so many pictures. I love it. So great. I, I have to say, um, I was in San Francisco yesterday. I was very fortunate to be there on a beautiful day. And I was very fortunate to be able to go into the Swan Oyster Depot and sit at their counter. And there was no line. I walked right in because usually there's a line around the block. And I sat next to a couple and we struck up a conversation and they, you know, they said that they are kids, they got their kids off to school and they're spending time together. And I told them that that was really awesome. I, and I asked how old their children were. And I think they were like four and seven or something like that. And I thought, and I told them that's the thick of it. I said, it's, it's tough because sometimes, you know, in a marriage that, the children they know and they, they're just trying to get what they want and they can definitely put a wedge between you and it's good that you go back and remember why you like each other and um i said sometimes i said my marriage made it through because we were just too exhausted and lazy to file papers or we didn't have the money and sometimes it's that way and the way i feel about my husband is i say that he's i love this picture <laughs> That's my sister-in-law, Melissa, and Debbie. That's so great. And Debbie's a wonderful artist. Shout out to Debbie. I won't give out her. Yeah, but um, um, basically, um, 
he's the family you choose. There's the YMCA. That's where you were. You were at there. You were there. So, <laughs> but I think with, with marriage, it, it's the family you choose and your family. And I was fortunate to be friends first with my husband. So we're friends and we're family. And when you have a conflict with somebody who's your friend or your family, you do your best to work it out because you've chosen that because they're your family. Sometimes you do have to cut ties with family and friends, but you know, with friends and family that are super close and especially with family that you choose, you just have to put it in those terms. And I found that that's it. And this was, this was the one that I, that I chose. So I have to, sometimes you have to live with your choices <laughs> and sometimes you don't. <laughs> And that's an individual, you know, decision, right? So there you go. Like, and also I always like the advice and it's, I learned this, you know, love them or hate them, Dr. Phil, is some things, you know, take um, two yeses and one no. Two yeses and one no, like, uh two yes yeah, it takes two yeses to get it done or one no got it that makes sense um claire thank you for being my family of choice and being a sister to me i really appreciate your friendship and just all your support and love and um how much you value me as a an aerobics instructor and you're a regular packet dance party and how much i get from being a regular at your laughter yoga and just like getting to be in your life and witness your journey. I'm just so grateful. Well, thank you, Bevan. I, I have to echo back. I mean, I'm very thankful to have you in my life. Um, Fat Kid Dance Party feels like it was a universal design that came to me in my life in a certain time. And I thought, I, I, I have to see what this is all about. I appreciate you for being your unique self in this world and also what you bring to the fitness world. Being in the fitness world, your unique way of being in the fitness world is something special. And um, I'm, I'm thankful that I know Dance Kid, Fat Kid Dance Party. I'm thankful to have participated and it has really helped uh, me heal. Uh, a lot of my fitness world traumas, a lot of my other traumas that I've had in my life. And it's also a great celebration of movement. And I love that you cheer for awkward. <laughs> I love you, Claire. Thank you for sharing about your party. Uh, and thank you for having your party and just showing people how they deserve to be celebrated because you're willing to celebrate yourself. And thank you for sharing about it on my podcast. I love you. And I can't wait to see you in person and give you another hug in person. I do know the way to say nothing. I love you, Claire. Love you too, Bevan. Yay!